Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. There's been so much fascination recently by the emergence of ChatGPT, the artificial intelligence chatbot, and while so many discussions have been focused on its potential impact on the broader economy, I wanted to examine its potential ramifications on the art world. So in this week's episode of the podcast, we're joined by Tim Schneider, art business editor at Artnet News. He's also author of The Gray Market, a weekly column on Artnet News. Tim recently wrote a fascinating article about ChatGPT and its potential impact on the art world, and he was kind enough to join us to chat about it. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Adam. So I'm sure by now that most of our listeners have heard of ChatGPT, although I'm not sure how many have actually sat down at their computer and used it. So before we jump into how it may actually impact the art world, I'd love it if you could explain a little bit of the technology behind it, because you wrote a great article in Artnet News, and you clearly have a, an understanding of this technology. So if you could share a little bit about the technology behind it, how exactly does it work? How do you use it? Okay, so I'll take a deep breath here. ChatGPT is what's known as a large language model, or LLM for short. And the basic idea here is that any large language model is an algorithm that is trained on just a tremendous amount of text-based information that's it's fed by computer scientists and developers. And through time and repetition and exposure, the algorithm learns how to dissect the way that words connect to each other, to people, to places, to events, to stylistic reference points, abstract concepts, basically anything that words can describe. Large language models like ChatGPT, their goal is to figure out how those things actually get translated into text that is understandable by human beings. One somewhat easy way to remember this, there's a computer scientist named Stephen Wolfram who wrote an essay very recently that basically described ChatGPT and its ilk as machines for remembering and predicting, meaning that they remember this gigantic body of text-based information that they've been fed and then their job ends up being to predict what the next quote-unquote right word is going to be based on the prompt that they have been given by the user. And that gets into the how does this work or how do you use it part, which is basically once you have ChatGPT or a large language model, then all that the user has to do is log into it and give it a text prompt of some kind and then based on its training the large language model will give the user back its best guess at what will satisfy that prompt so i can give you some examples if that would be helpful it probably is a little bit sure that would be great so just to give you a sense of the wide variance and the the huge scope of these things I could prompt ChatGPT with something like, hey, ChatGPT, 
write me a 1,500-word short story in the style of Philip K. Dick about President Joe Biden falling in love with a robot. (laughs) And in a matter of a few seconds, basically, it could give me back something that would, generally speaking, actually fit that model. I mean, that's like sort of a silly example. If you want to take it in a slightly more work-a-day direction, I could also prompt it with something like, draft an extremely courteous rejection letter usable for journalistic pitches of any kind, regardless of subject matter, and it would give me back something that then I could actually use in an editorial capacity to respond to writers instead of like copying and pasting old emails that maybe I or my colleagues have sent when a pitch isn't quite up to snuff, that kind of thing. It can also go in these more interesting and expansive directions where you could actually copy and paste in, say, a block of text in Mandarin and ask ChatGPT to translate it into English that's comprehensible by someone with a third grade reading level, and it could do that too. So, I mean, like, the possibilities here are really kind of thrilling and mind-blowing. Yeah, its potential, even today, is pretty fascinating, and if you try to imagine how impactful it may be as the technology furthers, it's really remarkable. And so you recently wrote an article on Artnet News in which you touch on a variety of ways that ChatGPT today can easily be implemented within the art world. Can you share with us just a few examples that come to mind? Sure. So I think that a good thought to frame this is just that even though images are really what the art world runs on in a certain sense, like obviously none of us would really have jobs if there wasn't artwork to talk about and write about and exhibit and sell and all those kinds of things. The reality is that words are really still the main way that we give meaning and context and not to be too capitalist about it, but like marketing support behind images. So when you think about the art world through that lens, ChatGPT suddenly becomes something that actually has maybe way more potential to impact the day-to-day business than most people who are working within the arts actually think of. So just to give a few examples, you could use ChatGPT to speed up and proliferate, for instance, what I would call light lift art scholarship. One example of this would be that for years you've had Tate and other kind of top flight institutions around the world that have been writing artist bios and other sort of like publicly available educational content by partnering with Wikipedia to basically crowdsource information rather than having to, like every museum in the world has to write its own bio of Picasso or any other artist you might want. Theoretically now, you can just use ChatGPT to actually create original texts based on what it's already learned about the artists in question. Now, I'm going to put a big asterisk by that and by some of the other things that we'll we'll come back to, but just for the sake of argument, that's one option. That also obviously relates to things like press release copy on the for-profit side, so whether you're writing about gallery exhibitions or you're writing corporate news announcements of some some kind or even just like the about page on however many art world company websites are out there. That's another thing that ChatGBT could be used to actually produce, which would go a long way because, frankly speaking, as somebody who's had to write that kind of stuff at various phases in their career, it's hard to do well and it takes a lot of time and not a lot of people really want to spend time doing it. 
And then that relates to other things as well. You could imagine, say, auction catalog essays that are ChatGPT assisted. There's even the prospect of doing art media news stories that are fundamentally based on or incorporate ChatGPT information or text, let's say. So once you start going down this rabbit hole, it's kind of remarkable just how, how deep it goes and how many possibilities there really are. And so I think like most people, I'm figuring out how it works and how to get it to produce the output that I'm exactly seeking. So on my Instagram account, I post an artwork each day by a different artist. And what I do in the caption is try to encapsulate the artist's practice in two or three sentences. I know that reading press releases from exhibitions or lengthy articles, it isn't for everyone. And I think Instagram is a fast-paced environment for consuming content. So I just want to compose a caption that's brief but insightful. And so I thought, hey, I should try ChatGPT to see if it could create content that was just as good as my captions or maybe even better. So I shared a few recent press releases from past exhibitions for a particular artist with ChatGPT and I asked it to produce two or three sentences about the artist's practice, and I gave it some specific prompts. And I have to say, I made a few minor tweaks to it, but it did a very good job, probably better than I could do. And I ended up using what I generated in an Instagram post, and within a few minutes, a collector, a collector actually DM'd me saying how insightful my text was on my post. Now, I did tell them it was produced by ChatGPT, which was perhaps even more impressive to them that I knew how to use it at this point. But I think there really are real-world applications for this tool already in the art world that can save people time and make them more efficient. Yeah, definitely. And I think that when we're talking about the art world, too, it's potentially most exciting for artists themselves because you and I both know there are some artists out there who are extremely well-versed from a literary standpoint. They read a lot. They write well. I mean, history is is full of a few shining examples of this, but also the majority of artists are, like, they think in images. They aren't necessarily as adept at knowing how to talk about or write about their own practice. So having this kind of a tool out there that basically creates the prospect that maybe they can get some assistance in helping them to really communicate better in a form that maybe they're not as well suited or as well practiced at when they just are forced to do everything manually. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, how artists may leverage ChatGPT to enhance their careers, whether it's marketing themselves more effectively or speaking about their work more eloquently or perhaps actually aiding them in creating their art. What do you think are some of the different ways artists can use ChatGPT? In order to have the most, I would say, complete conversation about this, we should also just think about the fact that artists can use this tool, these algorithms, for the actual purpose of communicating about what they do, but then they could also theoretically use it in their real day-to-day practice. I mean, again, I I know that most artists are primarily image-based people, but I also do know and have talked to a few artists who 
use texts as inspiration in one way or another. And I have spoken to a few who have actually started to play around with ChatGPT as a way to create things for them to react to in their actual work. So, I mean, rather than talking about like, hey, ChatGPT, how can I better describe what my painting practice is or my sculptural practice or whatever else, they can actually use ChatGPT as a kind of prompt to help them think through maybe, I don't know, frameworks that they could respond to in their work. Uh, so, I mean, instead of reading a sci-fi story or Proust or something like that and saying, like, you know what, I want to make a painting series about these ideas. They could instead kind of use ChatGPT as a um, almost a studio assistant in a way to help them kind of flesh out ideas that might be interesting for them to pursue in their practice. I know that ChatGPT is relatively new, but what has the art world's response been to it? Are people excited about using it? Or is there anxiety about the potential for it to eliminate certain jobs? Or are there a variety of emotions? Again, I know it's pretty new, so maybe the art world is still digesting it and just beginning to use it. Yeah, I think it's a really hard thing to quantify. I would say that in general, the art world, as we both know, tends to not necessarily be super up-to-date on technology. Yeah, that's certainly been the case historically. Yeah, yeah, and I also think that there is a, a kind of standing assumption for a lot of people, especially people who have been in the field for a longer period of time, that the art world is special. And, like, it is special. I'm not saying that it, it isn't. But I think that they there's a, a kind of standing belief at times that what affects the rest of the world won't affect the art world in the same kind of way. So I think that, by and large, there is a kind of, uh, I don't know if I want to say willful ignorance, but maybe just, let's just diplomatically, let's say, not as much engagement in general with what the consequences of this thing might be. That said... For the smaller factions, I think, of the art world who understand that the art world is connected to the larger world and so therefore what matters to the larger world also matters to the art world, I think that it's probably fair to say that people are split between excitement and anxiety or nervousness about what this means. And I think that that's legitimate, honestly. Like, it is really exciting and interesting technology but the deeper you go into how fast it's moving and the idea that we're we as a species are basically doing something that has never been done before at this scale or with this kind of power it is frankly kind of scary and there are a number of things that have already happened that I think speak to some of the problems that are out there with this technology and some of the reasons that maybe it's not as easy to do, apply it broadly across the art world as we might believe after we read, say, like one or two articles about what ChatGPT is. I know it's hard to make predictions, especially with a technology like this that is really in its nascent stages and has the potential to have such a significant impact in ways perhaps we can't imagine. But what do you think ChatGPT's involvement in the art world looks like in, say, two or three years or whatever the time is where the technology begins to mature? 
This is a really hard question to answer because of how fast these large language models are progressing. Just as a reference point, ChatGPT is based on a large language model called GPT three and a half. So it's the third and a half, as awkward as that is, version of this thing that has been produced by OpenAI, the, the developer of the algorithm. And there's going to be a GPT-4 that will be released allegedly later on this year. And from the early things that I've read about the difference between what we have now and what GPT-4 will be, we're talking about allegedly like an order of magnitude change already. So in that sense, it's really difficult to predict just how good these things are going to be by the time we get two or three years into the future. But I think it's fair to assume that they're going to be orders of magnitude more powerful than they already are, which is sort of a shocking thought when you think about how good they are now. So with that said, like that, that long caveat, I think that the answer kind of depends on how some of these kinks get worked out in terms of what ChatGPT and other large language models actually do. There is this propensity, and like I, I put an asterisk earlier in the episode on kind of like the just how useful some of the things that these algorithms produce can be, because I'm going to quote her name's Margaret Mitchell. She was used to be a part of the AI ethics team at Google, and she was talking about how ChatGPT is, I'm sure you probably know by now, Adam, it has already been integrated into Microsoft's Bing search engine. And that's like one of the big uses that the major tech companies have for large language models. The idea that this is what search is going to be in the future instead of just going into Google and relying on the old school Google algorithm to tell you what you or to give you the responses that you want from some search query you're instead going to be talking to an ai powered chatbot that will be able to give you like a much more robust answer the thing that margaret mitchell said about this is that these types of systems and i'm going to quote her are not trained to predict facts they're essentially trained to make up things that look like facts which is sort of a scary idea but it fits with that idea of large language models being machines for remembering and predicting. Like basically, they're trying to give you their best guess at what it is that you're looking for. But because they're essentially just guessing, even though they have like a really great base to work from, they go on these things that have now become called chat GPT hallucinations, where they will do things like invent scholarly journal articles that don't actually exist or in the most famous cases uh they will actually start gaslighting users about what they believe to be true about the world that may in fact not be so this is like a big big conversation to be had but the gist is that right now chat gpt needs supervision from people who actually know 
some of the deeper facts behind some of these things. Because if you just let ChatGPT go on, say, an auction catalog essay, as it stands, it's probably going to produce something that has a bunch of fiction in it. It'll sound like it's real, but in reality, it will be based on sort of recombination of existing facts in ways that give you something that isn't actually true to art history or to the people involved or whatever else. So we're at a stage where ChatGPT still needs supervision, and I think that's probably still going to be true even when we get to more advanced versions. But that said, depending on how those kinks are worked out, how much better these things get, that will go a long way towards determining just how prevalent they end up being in either the art industry or any other industry. Tim, thanks so much again for coming out of the podcast and chatting with us about this incredible technology that has the potential to have a significant and long-lasting impact on the art world. And if our listeners don't already, they should definitely check out your column in Artnet News, The Gray Market, and you're also on social media, often talking about the art market. Where can we find you there? So you can follow me on Instagram at the underscore gray market, all one word. And then to my eternal dismay, I do not have quite the exact same handle on Twitter. So (laughs) there you can find me as at the underscore gray underscore market. So it's the bane of my online existence to some extent. (laughs) Those are the two different answers. Perfect. Thanks so much again, Tim. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Adam.